Welcome everybody to another edition of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How are you doing on this Tuesday? Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, home of Southern Sports. I am right on after Rod Peterson and right before Braves Country today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Such a great lineup on this radio station that I have been a part of for about a year and a half now. This is episode 647 on this June 20th, 2023, just in case you're keeping score at home. We have got a great show for you today. Now, I do not have a guest on today's show, but tomorrow I'm going to have my longtime co-host from the Up All Night show, Brad Page. Then on Thursday's show, I'm going to have Philip Jordan, host of the Philip Jordan show. He talks everything college football out of Dothan, Alabama. And then on Friday, I'm going to have my high school football preview review show as I'm going to preview week six in high school football in the Chattahoochee Valley. So let's get this show started. On the show today, I'm going to talk about the Bradley Beal trade to the Phoenix Suns. The Chattahoochee Monsters, Columbus Chattahoots update from last night. And like I always do, in honor of the CNN special, the 2010s, I break down the year in sports. And this week, it's all about the year 2014. We did have some action in the Sunbelt Baseball League as the Brookhaven Bucks defeated the Columbus Chattahoots by a score of 5-3. The Hoots were able to get Two hits from Parker Lester and Jonathan Manabusen also had two runs batted in. Joey Gill, the starting pitcher, pitched four innings and gave up three runs. The Chattahoots were down 3-1. to one. They scored two in the top of the sixth, but it wasn't enough because Brookhaven scored in the bottom of the sixth and the bottom of the eighth to get the 5-3 victory. They are now 5-5 five five on the year. Columbus falls to 8-3. And they will face off against the Brookhaven Bucks once again at Oglethorpe University on Wednesday. I was very impressed with Oglethorpe University and their baseball stadium. Brookhaven does have some very passionate fans. And they're also managed by former Major League player Corey Patterson, which I got a chance to meet him after the game. He means a lot to me because I saw him when I was at Freed Harmon play minor league baseball for the West Tennessee Diamond Jacks. Other action in the SBL, you had the Atlanta Blues getting the 6-5 victory over the Atlanta Crackers. And so we had a couple of rainouts today. So tomorrow we have the Chattahoochee Monsters taking on the Gainesville Gold Diggers and the Alpharetta Aviators taking on the Waleska Wild Things. Both games are happening tomorrow. The latest update in the District 8 tournament. For the right to represent District 8 and play in the state championship on July the 15th, we had an upset in the bracket as Northern defeated the number one seed Harris County by a score of 4-3. to three. Northern advances to the winner's bracket where they will take on Pioneer on Wednesday. First pitch at 745, field one. Harris County falls to the loser's bracket and they will take on the winner of Peach and American. That is happening today at 745 at Field 1. So this double elimination tournament continues to move on. The winner of Pioneer Northern 
advances to the championship game on Friday, June the 23rd. And there might be a game on Saturday if necessary. So good luck to everybody in the District 8 tournament. Looking forward to see who is going to represent District 8 in the Georgia State Tournament. All right, so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to air the interview that I had with the manager of the Columbus Chattahoots, Steve Smith. It was the pregame show before the game against Brookhaven. So we'll be right back. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house but now that i have kids i don't want to spend my saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner but thankfully there's home advisor home advisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project you can read reviews of the pros check their availability even book appointments online and what my wife loves most is that home advisor is completely free to use go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app to get started home advisor Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And a good afternoon, everybody. We are here at the campus of Oglethorpe University, home of the Brookhaven Bucks. Columbus Chattahoots getting ready to take on the Brookhaven Bucks for a game, and then they will turn around and play a game on Wednesday here up in Brookhaven. I'm here with the manager of the Columbus Chattahoots, Steve Smith, coach, eight and two on top of the, the on top of the SBL, tied with the Gainesville Gold Diggers. Uh, Feeling pretty confident after getting those two wins over the Atlanta Crackers. They were coming in with a three-game win streak, but how's the team feel right now? Team feels pretty good. Uh, those were two uh, two well-played games by both teams, and obviously every time we play the Crackers, we know we're going to get a good game from them. So they're always a quality ball club, normally have really good pitching, and their lineup's always really strong. It seems that your team, toward the later part of the innings, find a way to manufacture runs got down against Atlanta, and then you're able to come back and you put up some runs in that seventh inning. But right now, what are you looking forward to with this matchup with the Brookhaven Bucks? Same thing. You know, they always have a quality team as well. We've had some really good games against them over the last uh, last two years where uh, they've always been competitive from both sides. So uh, we don't expect anything different from them. So we've got to make sure that we play uh, play another solid game today. All right, and I got to say, this is a very unique field. It looks like a castle behind us, and 
I'm I'm sure that, that there's a story to that, but uh, I'm looking forward to a great game uh, tonight, Coach. Uh, but uh, what are some of the players that really stood out to you so far this season that really has made an impact? Well, before we get into that, so I did a little bit of research on this uh, this stadium. So it was built in the 1920s. Um, there was an investor that had put about fifty thousand dollars into it, and then the uh, the stock market had crashed, and so they uh, they stopped. They stopped the rest of the construction. So what you see here is one-eighth of what they were planning to do. They were planning on having about a 50,000-seating uh, stadium for their football team. And then uh, once that happened, they uh, they kind of aborted that. And uh, they they actually didn't have any athletics, I think, during World War, World War II. So there's actually a lot of history right here. Um, baseball team ended up taking over this area, I think, in like 1992. So a lot of history in this, but yeah, it does look like a uh, looks like a castle. Um, as far as guys, you know, obviously Connor O'Neill has uh, just had a really strong strong start to the year. Um, you know, as you mentioned a couple weeks ago or a week ago, where he was uh, SBL Player of the Week, and he's continued to stay hot. Um, you know, a lot of guys up and down in the lineup, just doing their job, getting on base, and. Uh, just having good quality at bats. One guy that kind of goes unnoticed is uh, Sean Darnell, and just uh, the the quality at bats that he has just about every single time. But we're getting contributions from everybody on our roster, which is a a big deal. Um, the pitching, it's hard for me to really not stress what they've done this year, which is really just about every time every guy has gone out there, they've gone out there and and done their job. We've had very few outings where a guy just didn't necessarily have it, or uh, if they didn't have it, they were able to still grind through it. So uh, it's been impressive. Again, it's only 10 games into the season, but uh, how they've uh, how they've come together so far has, uh, has been really good, and we're looking to just continue to keep building on that. Coach, good luck against Brookhaven tonight, and uh, we'll definitely catch you on the broadcast. Thanks. Appreciate it, Richard. All right. Oh, and go Sox. Go Sox. Way. That's right. Nice Big sweep. sweep over Big the sweep. Yankees. Big sweep. I know that you were very happy. I was. Really, uh, really good weekend. It uh, capped off the two wins for uh, us against Crackers, and then the sweep of the Yankees is always good. All right. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All right. That was the manager of the Columbus Chattahoots, Steve Smith. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk. 
Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Let's go ahead and get into the latest sports headlines from over the weekend. The Phoenix Suns are finalizing a deal to get Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. It's looking like the trade is going to be Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, some draft picks for the shooting guard, the disgruntled shooting guard from the Washington Wizards who has been looking for a team. He was the third overall pick back in 2012, and he just needed a running mate. The Wizards might have had a couple of good seasons back when Bradley Beal and John Wall were the backcourt. But now he's going to a team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They got a new big three. And a lot of people are talking about the Phoenix Suns being the favorites out of the West. I would hold off for a second. I believe that they are going to be good and they're going to compete in the playoffs next year. But Denver's not going anywhere. What if the Lakers re-sign Austin Reeves and they get a piece? I still think the Phoenix Suns will not be a very good team defensively. So Bradley Beal coming to the Suns does not guarantee them a championship. But hey, when you got a new ownership, you're taking swings and misses. I mean, this is a risk, a very big risk, especially when you have four max contract players. The latest update in the College World Series, Tennessee able to defeat Stanford by a score of 6-4. to four. Stanford is eliminated from the College World Series. Wake Forest able to come from behind to defeat LSU 3-2 to two in the double elimination round. And so today, you have TCU taking on Oral Roberts, the rematch. And then LSU is taking on Tennessee. If you move over to Wednesday, Florida and Wake Forest, the number one and number two seeds in this tournament have yet to lose a game. So a lot of momentum going into this College World Series for both teams as they are on pace to face off each other without having to play elimination game. All right, so Draymond Green, he has opted out his final year with the Golden State Warriors for $27 million, and he is going to become a free agent. You know, the Warriors really want to sign him back, but he's wanting big money. I don't think there's going to be a team like the Lakers or the Celtics that's going to try to get Draymond. I think that he belongs on a smaller market team where he can make an impact like an Oklahoma City Thunder or a San Antonio Spurs or even a Detroit Pistons team because you know he did play college basketball at Michigan State. I think that Draymond Green makes a huge impact. And if Draymond Green leaves the Warriors, the dynasty's over. I can tell you that right now. The Warriors are getting older. They cannot rely on their young players like Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody or Jordan Poole. They need to rely on their experienced championship players like Draymond Green, Steph, and Klay Thompson. Hey, how about the United States soccer team getting the 2-0 victory over Canada in the CONCACAF Nations League final? They got goals by Richards and Balogan. And the United States looks like they're gearing up for the World Cup in 2026 where they're going to be an automatic bid. And Greg Berhalter, the coach, 
should be the coach, and I think that the United States will do a lot better in that World Cup. If not, you know, they did pretty good getting to the round of 16. However, did lose to the Netherlands. And really a game that was dominated by Denzel Dumfries. I still think that Christian Pulisic is the star that they need to center this team around. But overall, a good win for the United States. Hey, don't forget that the Women's World Cup is coming up in July as the first match that the Women's World Cup is going to face is against Vietnam. That's going to take place on July the 22nd. Got a lot of local stuff coming up this weekend to include the Columbus Lions in action against the Capital City Cyclones. And you got the Columbus Chattahoots and the Chattahoochee Monsters in action at Historic Golden Park as well. And then there were four. Your latest USFL updates from the weekend, the Birmingham Stallions trying to go back-to-back -back as USFL champions. They defeated the Memphis Showboats 27-20. The other game in the South region, the New Orleans Breakers, taking on the Houston Gamblers. They won the game 17-10 over in the North. How about the turnaround by the Pittsburgh Maulers? They defeated the New Jersey Generals 26-6, and then the Michigan Panthers Able to defeat the runners-up from last year, the Philadelphia Stars, 23-20. And so the stage is set. The Birmingham Stallions will take on the New Orleans Breakers. And the Pittsburgh Maulers will take on the Michigan Panthers. Games will be Saturday and Sunday. So Michigan's going to take on Pittsburgh Saturday, June the 24th at 8 p.m. at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. On Sunday, the New Orleans Breakers... We'll take on the Birmingham Stallions at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. The championship game will be Saturday, July the 1st at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. What a successful league in their second year. and With the success of the XFL and now you've got the USFL, the CFL is actually going on right now. We can't forget about all the arena leagues. Football is just year-round. Everybody loves it. And although we are two months away from the NFL season, I just can't get enough of football. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick commercial break, go pay some bills. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the year in sports, 2014. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back with a quick commercial break. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? 
Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's property of the week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. You are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Like I always do, I dedicate a week to a year in sports. You know, I'm a nostalgic guy. I love talking about the past. I'm the opposite of Mark McGuire. I'm going to talk about the year 2014. It's a very special year in sports. But let's start in the beginning of the year with the Florida State Seminoles. It was the 2013 season, but they played in the national championship in 2014, and they went 14-0, led by quarterback Jameis Winston. They were able to beat Auburn 34-31. Kelvin Benjamin... On a last-second play, Jameis Winston gets the offensive MVP, and it was a great game. It was a back-and-forth game. I remember it very well. Florida State was down in this game 21-3, and then they came back. Auburn takes the 31-27 lead after Trey Mason with a 37-yard run, and then with 13 seconds left to go, Kelvin Benjamin, back of the end zone. Jameis Winston. Oh, it was such a great game. And it was the last BCS championship game until we got the current college football playoff system we have right now. All right, so that was in January. Then let's talk about the NFL playoffs. Playoffs? That's right. I said it. Playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks won their first ever Super Bowl, led by a second-year quarterback, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was very special. I don't know why they let him go. He was their franchise. And it really brought the Seahawks to stardom under Pete Carroll. Remember, Pete Carroll, coming into his fourth year, two back-to-back seven-to-nine seasons, Russell Wilson's rookie year, Win 11 and 5, but they lost to Atlanta in the playoffs. So it was put up or shut up time. Is this Seahawks team, who finished 13 and 3 in the regular season, were they capable of winning a Super Bowl? Till this day, I still believe that the 49ers were the better team. Yes, that is an unbiased opinion. I'm going to go back to that 2014 NFC Championship game 
Because I remember it very well. The 49ers took a 10-0 lead. And it was 10-3. And then Marshawn Lynch broke a bunch of tackles. He gets a 40-yard rush. It's tied at 10. And then when Colin Kaepernick passed to Anquan Bolin in the back of the end zone for a 26-yard pass, the 49ers were up 17-10. The Seahawks were able to get a field goal. The 49ers did get the ball back and they, they played way too conservative. But then Jermaine Curse from Russell Wilson after Alden Smith was called offside. So it was a free play for Russell Wilson. It was a dagger. And then the 49ers turned it over. The Seahawks got the ball back. And then there was a fumble at the goal line. This was the gruesome injury by Navarro Bowman. I mean, I was could not watch. It was it was painful. The 49ers were down 23 to 17. They got the ball back. They were driving down the field. First of all, I mean, hindsight's 2020. I was fooled by Colin Kaepernick. But let me tell you, he actually was a decent quarterback back then, but he did not have the IQ of a quarterback that you want because you don't throw it on first down on that play. He throws it in the end zone. Richard Sherman tips the pass. Malcolm Smith intercepts it in the back of the end zone. Absolutely heartbroken as a 49ers fan. And then the interview by Aaron Andrews and Richard Sherman saying that Michael Crabtree was a sorry receiver. Well, he might be right. I'm just kidding. Crabtree's a good receiver. But that was a heat of the moment thing. And the Seahawks just ran with it. They went on. They went on to defeat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl 43-8, and it wasn't even close. But that Seahawks team, which they thought were going to be a dynasty for years to come, the window closed the following year when Malcolm Butler intercepted Russell Wilson at the goal line, and they decided not to run Marshawn Lynch in the end zone. This Seahawks team, let me tell you something, it's not just the Legion of Boom. You had Bobby Wagner, the best middle linebacker, you had your defensive ends. They didn't have to pay anybody because Russell Wilson was a rookie. They went out and got Michael Bennett. They went out and got Cliff Averill. Their defensive ends were solid. You had Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Byron Maxwell. That Legion of Boom was the team, and it was hard to stop the Seahawks that year on defense, especially in Seattle with the 12th man. But till this day... I still believe that the 49ers were the better team. 2014 also saw the San Antonio Spurs win their fifth championship. And they'd never won back-to-back. They started in 99. And the question that always comes up, is the San Antonio Spurs a dynasty? Absolutely are they a dynasty. Five championships from a span of 1999 to 2014. I mean, nobody did it better than Greg Popovich. But that 2014 team was going up against the Miami Heat, fresh off two back-to-back championships. This is a rematch of the 2013 NBA Finals. And the San Antonio Spurs had something to prove. Miami was on the tail of their dynasty. They were getting old. They truly were. And the Spurs were able to beat the Heat in five. I mean, they had a tough first-round series against the Dallas Mavericks. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder in six in the Western Conference Finals, but it was the resiliency of the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, Tim Duncan 
37 years old, he was at the twilight of his career, but it was a future superstar by the name of Kawhi Leonard, only 22 years old, who sparked energy and gave the Spurs that defensive presence and he could score the basketball on offense. I mean, at this point, Manu Ginobili's 36, Tony Parker's 31, Tim Duncan's 37. This was really the final tour. This was the passing of the torch. This was Kawhi Leonard can now be the future of the San Antonio Spurs. And if you look at his NBA career, Kawhi was entering his third season. He didn't really break out until 2015, where he would go on to make five all-star teams and win another title with the Toronto Raptors in 2019. In 2014, you saw the LA Kings win another Stanley Cup, their second Stanley Cup in three seasons. And it was a very intriguing Stanley Cup final because you got the New York market taking on the Los Angeles market. This hasn't happened since 1981. But remember that this is the same Los Angeles Kings team. And as painful as this is for me to say this, they came back from a 3-0 deficit to the San Jose Sharks in the first round of the Western playoffs. I was devastated. And really, those last three games weren't even close. They weren't one-score games. The Sharks choked this one away. I tell you, 2014 wasn't a great year if you were a Bay Area sports fan. Until we get to the World Series, and that is a great segue to talk about the 2014 World Series, the hero was Madison Bumgarner, and the Giants won their third World Series in the 2010s, officially becoming a dynasty and the team of the 2010s. And they defeated the Kansas City Royals in seven games. Madison Bumgarner pitched two games and then went on to pitch in relief in game seven. But if you look at this 2014 team, compared to the 2010 team, not a whole lot of players that were on all three teams. Just Pablo Sandoval, Buster Posey. But they still had that core group of players. The pitching was great. Not just Madison Bumgarner, but you also had Tim Lincecum and Tim Hudson, Ryan Vogelston, and Jake Peavy. They all had a role. Sergio Romo, still the closer from that 2012 team. And now I look at the Giants and I wonder if they're ever going to get back and win a World Series. Those three World Series titles were great. And Bruce Bochy is a Hall of Fame manager. But the 2014 Giants really had to battle back. They didn't even win the division. They were able to get the wild card win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Then they upset the Washington Nationals. Were able to beat the Cardinals in five. And they were taking on a little bit tougher Kansas City Royals team that actually would eventually go on and win the World Series in 2015. So it's actually not a bad story for the Royals. The year 2014 also saw the 2014 Olympics in Sochi, Russia. And Russia ends up winning the most medals. The United States finishes fourth with 28 medals. 2014 was the last year that NHL players were playing in the Winter Olympics. The United States were in Group A. They were known for that incredible shootout against Russia 
in the second game. They were able to beat Slovenia 7-1. They beat Russia 3-2 in a shootout. And then they beat Slovenia again. So they went 3-0, 2-1, an overtime win. And so they advanced to the preliminary round. In the playoff round, the United States get a big win in the quarterfinals against the Czech Republic. And then it was on to the semifinals where they took on Canada. This was an incredible game. Canada was able to beat the United States one to nothing. They would go on to win the gold, beating Sweden three to nothing. The United States would lose to Finland in the bronze medal game. So yeah, they didn't medal in 2014, but they did have a bright spot. Phil Kessel led the team with five goals. James Van Rimsdyk had six assists. So yeah, that was the last time the United States had NHL players in the Winter Olympics. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping in 2026 that the NHL players return because that is my favorite event in the Winter Olympics. And we just got to get NHL players back. Come on, let's get them back. Man, I just love going down memory lane. 2014, great year. Stay tuned next week for 2015. Some of the sports movies that came out in 2014. Here's one of my top five sports movies of all time. It's Draft Day. It stars Kevin Costner. And the story is the Cleveland Browns have the seventh overall pick. But they make a trade with the Seahawks to get the overall pick. And so the story is, who are they going to take with that number one pick? Are they going to take Bo Callahan, the top-rated quarterback from Wisconsin? Or are they going to take Ohio State linebacker Vontae Mack? Well, I'm not going to spoil this movie. It is a good movie. And Kevin Costner pretty much loves sports. So you'll see him in a lot of sports movies. And one thing before I close this segment... I'm disappointed that the Field of Dreams game is not being played in 2023. So in 2021, one of the most iconic sports moments to me, it gave me chills when Kevin Costner came out of that cornfield. As a kid, I loved the movie Field of Dreams. That was a great sports moment. And I love Kevin Costner as an actor. And, you know, it's a safe bet that he's going to be in a baseball movie, whether it's Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, for love of the game. I love all of them. He also played a baseball player in the movie Upside of Anger. All right, we're going to take another commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about this upcoming NBA draft. This is going to be the latest mock NBA draft. But this time, I'm going to go through the entire first round. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on WQEE 99.1 FM. The key will be right back. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out is Wishbone Fried Chicken right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Suite A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the mold man. 
specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM out of Noonan. And this is my 2023 mock NBA draft. Now, this is according to NBA Draft Room, but I'm going to break down pretty much all the picks in the first round. So let's go. The San Antonio Spurs are on the clock first, and there is no surprise that they are going to take the best prospect to come out of the draft since LeBron back in 03. That is the seven foot four, 230-pound Victor Wimbayama. He's listed as a center. I mean, the Spurs do a great job developing centers. I mean, you had David Robinson, you had Tim Duncan. And the comparison, the NBA comparison for Victor Wimbayama is Kevin Durant. That's a pretty good comparison. Wimbayama has got all the skills of a skilled basketball player at 7'4". He is really going to change the dynamic of how we view the game itself. Number two, and I don't know if the Charlotte Hornets are going to keep this pick, there's talks that Zion Williamson is on the trading block for the Pelicans. Maybe they draft Scoot Henderson. He's the best point guard here in this draft. He comes from the G League Ignite. And he's six foot three. He's got a six nine wean. And the NBA comparison, I mean, Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose. I mean, he's going to be an electric player, but is he gonna make the team around him better? The Hornets already have LaMelo Ball. Do they really want to draft Scoot Henderson with this pick? Scoot is too talented to be passed up. But does that make LaMelo Ball expendable? Number three, the Portland Trailblazers. And this is a very important pick because whether or not Damian Lillard stays in Portland, he doesn't want to play with a rookie. So Portland could trade some picks and move down in the draft so they can get a veteran player, or Damian Lillard's going to be gone. But how about getting the talented small forward from Alabama, Brandon Miller? You know, he is one of those 3 and D type of players, and I think that he is going to be a pretty good NBA player, possibly an all-star. The NBA comparison, they got him compared to Rudy Gay or Danny Granger. 
But that's a pretty good comparison. Rudy Gay, in his prime, he loved to score. And he was that type of player. But did Brandon Miller make his teammates better? Alabama was an overall number one seed, but they did lose to San Diego State in the Sweet 16. All right, the Houston Rockets, you know, they've actually hit on several lottery picks in the past couple of years. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr. I think that the sure pick here is Cam Whitmore from Villanova. The 6'5 small forward, he looks like an NBA player. He's got an NBA body. He's got a 6'8 wingspan, and he's only going to get better. Can Houston develop him and have a big three in Houston with Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., and Cam Whitmer. Now, I think they could draft Jarius Walker because he played at Houston. You know, he would just be coming home and play for the Rockets. But this pick, and really, after three picks, these players are really a stretch. We don't know if they can be all-stars in this league. Cam Whitmer could be the guy that averages over 10 points a game. But I don't think he's going to be a bust. I mean, you can't look at lottery picks and think, oh, that player is going to be a bust. Nobody expected Sean Respert to be a bust or Mo Bamba to be a bust. Or Hashim Thabit. I forgot about that one. Anyway, number five, the Detroit Pistons. You know, getting Cade Cunningham back from injury is like an extra draft pick. And if they get Jerace Walker here, he is a 6'6 power forward. He's got a wingspan of 7'2". He's compared to Paul Millsap. And that's a pretty good comparison because Paul Millsap was an all-star. He was a double-double just about every night. And the Detroit Pistons need size down in the post. They do have backcourt play of Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. And if the Pistons want to compete in the East and make the playoffs... They've got a hit on this lottery pick. The Orlando Magic is next on the clock at number six. They're going to get the first of the Thompson twins. Eamon Thompson, he is a point guard, 6'5", and they have him compared to Sean Livingston. You know, Livingston had a lot of energy, but he really wasn't a superstar in this league. The Magic, I kind of feel that they missed on Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, entering his third year, has regressed. He averaged 11.8 points a game his first year. He went down to 9.9 points a game. His minutes have gone down. His field goal percentage has gone up. But is Jalen Suggs what everybody thought he was going to be coming out of college? Is the type of player that can shine in big games because he took the biggest stage when he was at Gonzaga. And he made a huge shot in the Final Four to get Gonzaga to the championship game. But Jalen Suggs hasn't really been the guy in Orlando. you got to build around Paolo Boncaro and Franz Wagner. To be honest with you, Markel Foltz actually had more production, and he has been considered a bust because Philly took him with the overall pick. There may not be room in the rotation for Jalen Suggs, and that's why I think the Magic might get Eamon Thompson. Because they do have another pick in the lottery. Number seven, the Indiana Pacers, Taylor Hendricks from UCF. He's going to be the pick here, I believe. But I like their rotation. Benedict Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton. 
two outstanding players for a team that started off hot and then they cooled off a little bit. They finished with a 35 and 47 record. But Benedict Matherin was all team rookie. The backcourt of Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald was solid. I like the play of Miles Turner. So we'll see what the Pacers do with this pick. I think Rick Carlisle is a good enough coach to get the Pacers to at least a play-in game. They have the team to do it. The Washington Wizards are next on the clock, and I think they're going to take Anthony Black, the point guard from the University of Arkansas. The question is, does Bradley Beal stay in Washington, or does he get traded? All right, the Utah Jazz, who started out hot, and they are a lottery team. A lot of people did not expect the Utah Jazz to even compete in the West after shipping off Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But it's looking like they're going to take Victor Wimbayama's teammate, Bilal Koulibé. He played for Mets 92 in France, and he is a small forward, a swing man, a wing player. But they really have his game compared to a smaller version of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I don't know about that one. The Dallas Mavericks, who disappointed everybody by missing out in the play-in game, after the Kyrie trade. And now there's talks that Kyrie wants to get LeBron in Dallas. So really does it matter who they draft here? Especially if they try to land a big free agent. They're going to probably ship this pick off. But Usar Thompson, the other Thompson twin. A 6'5 shooting guard. Man, I don't know. I mean, Luka and Kyrie are both ball-centric. So why would you want to get another... Two guard, that's ball-centric. Number 11, the Orlando Magic, and they got this pick from the Chicago Bulls. I like this pick. This could be a dark horse. Jordan Hawkins won a title with UConn, made some big shots for the Huskies. Six-foot-four shooting guard. I mean, it's a guard league. I think that the Magic could get a steal here at number 11. And then the number 12, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Grady Dick from Kansas, a 6'6", small forward. And don't forget, they're also getting Chet Holmgren back from injury. They got Shy Gilgis Alexander. They're going to get Chet Holmgren back. I really like the play of Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy. They got some good pieces. And I think the Oklahoma City Thunder could be a borderline playoff team, despite who they get in the lottery. Number 13, the Toronto Raptors just got a brand new coach. The assistant coach from Memphis and the Toronto Raptors going to get the point guard, Kaysen Wallace. I mean, when was the last time that a point guard from Kentucky didn't pan out in the NBA? I think that this is good, a good pick. I mean, he's compared to Drew Holiday. He's six foot two. He's got a wingspan of 6'8". He looks like an all-around offensive player, but can he play defense? The Raptors are more than likely going to part ways with Fred Van Fleet. There's also talks that Pascal Siakam wants to go test free agency and maybe the Hawks might get him. Is this going to be a rebuilding year for new head coach Radakovich? And the Toronto Raptors, I believe, are going to feel the pain by letting Nick Nurse go. That was a bad move. Nick Nurse was a good head coach. And it seems like that championship team back in 2019 was an anomaly. It was in the near distance. They caught lightning in a bottle, and they have not 
seen success since then. I think the Toronto Raptors are going into full rebuild mode. Number 14, the New Orleans Pelicans. Does Zion Williamson stay with the team? Looks like they're going to draft Kobe Bluffkin from Michigan, the 6'4 shooting guard. All right, the Hawks are on the clock at number 15. According to NBADraftRoom.com, the Hawks are going to be picking the 7'1 center from Duke, Derek Lively, which means that Clint Capella is probably going to be gone. They don't believe Onyeka Kongru is going to be a starting center. But maybe they just get a backup center because they want size. Maybe Okongru does get into the starting lineup next year. I've seen so many mock drafts. I mean, they had the Hawks picking a backup point guard to Trey Young in one of the mock drafts. Moving on, we're at number 16, the Utah Jazz. This pick is from the Timberwolves. This was from the Rudy Gobert trade. And they are going to take the point guard from Indiana, Jalen hood Shafino. The Lakers are at number 17. Looks like they're going to take Keontae George, the shooting guard from Baylor. The Miami Heat, which they don't really need a draft pick. They seem to get gems with undrafted free agents. So whatever they pick here is probably going to pan out and be a stud on the Miami Heat because they do a great job developing players. But according to this mock draft, they're going to take Leonard Miller, the power forward from Ignite, also from Canada. A six foot nine power forward kind of reminds me of Al Harrington, if you remember. He used to play for the Indiana Pacers. The Golden State Warriors, number 19, is the dynasty ending because Draymond Green is going to be an NBA free agent. And it doesn't matter who they draft. They've drafted James Wiseman. They drafted Jonathan Kuminga. They've drafted Kayvon Looney. They've drafted Moses Moody. All those players are good, but they don't have the championship pedigree like a Clay, Steph, or Draymond. Anyway, according to this mock draft, they got them selecting Nick Smith Jr., the shooting guard from Arkansas. Number 20, the Houston Rockets getting the small forward Sidai Sisko from the Clippers, one of the top French prospects. He's got a lot, of, a lot of players from France, which I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the 2024 Olympics, look out for France. Wimbayama, yes, that would be amazing. Number 21, the Brooklyn Nets getting James Najai from Barcelona, the 6'10 center. And then they have another pick because they got this draft pick from the Suns from the KD trade. And then they have a pick at number 22 getting Jet Howard. Oh, I love that name. That's a very creative name. The son of Jawan Howard, the small forward from Michigan. And then number 23, the Portland Trailblazers. This pick is from the Knicks. Noah Clowney. No relation to Jadavian Clowney. No relation to Jadavian Clowney, but he's the power forward from Alabama, the Sacramento Kings, getting the brother of Keegan Murray, Chris Murray, the power forward from Iowa. I like this pick. And then the Memphis Grizzlies getting Trace Jackson Davis, the power forward from Indiana. Number 26, the Indiana Pacers. This is 
a pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I believe this was the pick that they got in the Karis Levert trade, but correct me if I'm wrong. Rayon Rupert from France. Boy, that French team in 2024 is going to look amazing. And then the Charlotte Hornets, which Michael Jordan sold the team. They have new ownership. This pick was from the Denver Nuggets. Bryce Sensabaugh, small forward from Ohio State. The Ohio State. And then the Utah Jazz getting Gregory Jackson, a power forward from South Carolina. The Indiana Pacers getting Dariq Whitehead, the small forward from Duke. And then finally, the Los Angeles Clippers. This pick is from the Bucks, Getting Ben Shepard, a shooting guard from Belmont. Could this be the first player in the NBA from Belmont? I'll have to check that one out. So that is the mock NBA draft for the first round. But like I said, there's always gems in that second round. You know that the San Antonio Spurs are going to try to find somebody in the second round and maybe even an undrafted free agent. I can't wait until NBA free agency. It is going to be awesome because there are a lot of NBA free agents and it gives me something to talk about here on the show in the month of July. All right, what we're going to do now is take a quick commercial break and when we come back, I'm going to close out the show with my final thoughts and get ready for this upcoming week of nothing but jam-packed sports. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We'll be back. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just ripping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken. Because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I've got to tell you. This has been a great show, and I know when I don't have a guest, there's just a lot of sports content that I could talk about myself, 
But I went through everything, and I know that it was a late night last night, you know, having to add the Chattahoots and Monsters update in the show so I can get it to the station in time. I know when you're listening to the show, it seems like some of it's in real time. On Monday's show, I went live at the Columbus Civic Center over the weekend. I had Coach Chris McKinney of the Columbus Lions. I had Marcus Brooks, the Columbus Lions quarterback. Tomorrow's show, going to have Brad Page. And on Thursday's show, I'm going to have Philip Jordan. So the guest lineup is still continuing to progress as we are entering the dog days of summer, as people like to call it. But there's still a lot of sports going on, including the District 8 tournament going on all week. But again, I appreciate your support. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I want to thank Ryan O'Neill, the station manager at WQEE 99.1, for giving me this opportunity to be on the radio. And don't forget that I am on WQEE Monday through Friday from 2 to 3. So we will see you tomorrow. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Stay tuned for Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, from 2 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.